Welcome to the Wedding Digest by Wedbooker, the podcast that covers the exciting, challenging, and sometimes stressful aspects of planning a wedding, bringing you inspiration and advice from a wedding planner and other industry guests to help you save time, money, and your sanity. Brought to you by wedbooker.com, the place to book your dream wedding team with over 400 professional suppliers and venues at your fingertips. Hello, welcome to the first ever episode of The Wedding Digest. I'm Lucy, I'm a producer, presenter, and also a seasoned bridesmaid. And with me is Ali, a wedding planner extraordinaire, boasting a big black book of tips and tricks on how to plan your perfect day. Hey, Ali. Hey, yeah, that's right. So together, we're the hosts of The Wedding Digest. Whatever stage of planning you're at, we're here to help. I'm guessing if you've landed on our podcast that you are engaged. So first of all, a huge congratulations. This is actually such an exciting time. I remember getting engaged myself and honestly, that whole period was just the most magical time ever. So we are really excited for you and this journey you're about to embark on. So I guess, Ali, what we should talk about is what you can expect on The Wedding Digest. Well, we're here to help you navigate through all that really fun stuff, all the exciting parts of planning your wedding day, but then also the challenging decisions and those big questions you might face along the way. I'm a seasoned wedding planner, so I'm going to hopefully share all of my tips and tricks with you as you navigate through the whole process. Yeah, exactly. All the questions you get asked as a wedding planner. Also on the pod, we'll be chatting to some incredible wedding suppliers from florists to photographers and dress designers, and they'll share their tips and also hopefully provide some inspiration for you as well. Plus, every week, we'll also be answering your DMs with Ask Ali. So today's show is actually a bit of a different feel to what we plan on doing in future episodes. It's a bit of a weird time right now and and couples are facing some challenging decisions to make and maybe the heartbreaking decision of postponing or even cancelling their big day that they have probably spent so much time and put in so much energy in planning. So we thought it'd be good to chat through everything to do with the current situations and no matter what your circumstances are, we're here to help and we want to make sure that your big day is just as magical as you ever imagined. And then, of course, after this episode, we won't need to talk about coronavirus ever again. Ali, as we said, it's a weird time for engaged couples. Many have had to grapple with the decision to postpone their wedding, as we just said. So couples who have postponed their wedding, you've got some advice for them, particularly when it comes to talking about the benefits of postponing your wedding. Yeah, I think firstly, if you've already made that decision to postpone, I hope you feel as though a huge weight has been lifted off your shoulders. I think after months and months of planning up to your big day, making that heartbreaking decision is so hard. But once you've made it and whether you've booked in a new date for 2021 or something later in the year, or maybe you're just waiting to see what happens over the next few months to then decide when that new wedding date is going to be. I think doing it, making the decision, firstly, congratulations. It's a huge one. And know that there are so many other couples that are out there right there with you. I'm assuming, you know, you've got to communicate that information to your guests. But to be honest, I think guests receiving that information that the wedding has been postponed, they're probably breathing a sigh of relief as well. Because as a guest going to a wedding, most probably wouldn't have felt comfortable in this climate anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, so challenging for your guests, but also your suppliers. I was actually talking to a few wedding photographers that were saying they were feeling a little bit uneasy a few weeks ago when restrictions weren't in place about being put into a situation where they're in a room with 100 people that might have been close to the bridal party. So they feel comfortable in that space. But for those suppliers coming in and a photographer is really close to you and your friends and your family, them going wedding to wedding, they might do two or three in a week or maybe more. 
it was a little bit unsettling, I think, for them too. So having postponed now, I think so many family members and friends and even your suppliers are with you. And I think that's why everyone's getting so much support during this time as well. As you say, it's a bit of a weight lifted off everyone's shoulders. A good thing to do is also celebrate on your would-be wedding day. A hundred percent. I mean, why not? If you were going to be getting married on, let's say, May 15, you had been looking forward to that day. I guarantee it's probably highlighted in a calendar somewhere. It was going to be your wedding day. So why not sit down with your fiance, have an amazing dinner, pop a bottle of epic champagne and... I even think get dressed up. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm living in my active wear and maybe a pair of jeans on a good day right now. (laughs) So any excuse to put on a dress, maybe a pair of heels and some makeup and make a night out of it would be so fun. Let's celebrate. I agree. I think that is the best thing ever. What about couples who, you know, are sort of in that in-between period? So obviously for couples who have postponed their wedding was probably in March or May or April, even June. But what about couples who have Weddings booked for July beyond. So July, August, September, October, they're kind of a little bit in no man's land, not knowing what's going to happen in the next couple of months in terms of restrictions. So what would your advice be to them sort of grappling with the decision on whether to postpone or not? Yeah, such a tough one. I don't think there is a clear answer. I wish I had a crystal ball that I could look into to give all of our couples, you know, the date that all of this would be lifted and that everyone would be comfortable to be going out and being in big groups again, but we just don't have those answers. I think the benefits we have is that all the suppliers are being really flexible. So if you do have a wedding planned for, let's say, you know, July, August, September onwards, I know some couples that I'm working with have actually already postponed their wedding to September and October and are now a little bit unsure about will they be able to now go ahead with their wedding date number two, as in their postponed date to the end of the year. I would suggest sit tight, maybe see what's going to happen through the month of May. And if you have that flexibility, chat to your suppliers and let them know how you're feeling and that you might want to postpone, but you do want to hold on to that date if it is possible. I almost guarantee you they will come back and they'll be willing to work with you and they will give you a new deadline. They might say, let me know by June 1st if you do want to postpone or not. uh, And then we'll be able to give you a refund or be able to move your deposits back. So I would say if you can sit tight, but do chat to your suppliers, find out what your options are, make sure they're willing to be flexible with you. And let's just see what happens over the next few weeks. That's such good advice. Restrictions are starting to ease right around the country. So you just don't know what's going to happen in the next day, week, even month. Exactly. And I think all suppliers are going to have a different due date that when you're going to have to make that decision. So chat to them all. The venue's the big one. They obviously have bookings on certain days and they might already have other couples booked in for separate days or they might have longer cancellation periods. Sometimes it's like three months out. Whereas someone like a makeup artist or a hair artist, they're often freelance. So they can be really flexible. So definitely chat to them all, find out what all those dates are and just sort of see where you're sitting. Okay. So what about newly engaged couples who had looked forward to 2020 as the year that they were going to start planning their wedding? What would you say to those couples? Because no doubt there are so many who are feeling uncertain about beginning that planning process given the current climate. Yeah. Well, I think firstly, huge congratulations. I would actually love to hear any stories that someone has about getting engaged during COVID. If your partner did it in your apartment or it was just the two of you in some remote spot, that would be amazing. If anyone has got a great story, please send it through. 
love to hear it. But I think that right now is an amazing time for you to plan. Most people right now, unfortunately, have lost some work or have lost their jobs or are working from home, which does give you more time to sit down with your partner. You can lock him in a room with you and make him make those decisions with you. I remember, and I'm sure you do lose to planning my own wedding. I felt like I was doing a lot of it. And of course, I'm a wedding planner. I want to do it all. And it's what, it's what I do best. So it's always going to happen. My poor husband, even if he wanted to make a decision, <laughs> but getting him to have input on a lot of the things like as we were going was really tough. So if you're in isolation now with your partner, you have him to make decisions. So use that time. I think that knowledge is power as well. My number one tip for anyone when they're doing budgeting, which we we can talk about in a later episode, is also to collect as many quotes as you can and actually find out what a reasonable cost is for something. So many people have no idea how much wedding flowers are supposed to cost. So use this time to chat to a couple of suppliers, find out exactly what you want your wedding to look like, build an amazing Pinterest board, an amazing mood board, and then start to sort of collect those quotes and those costs. And then when you're ready to go, when you're feeling more comfortable, when work is picked back up or when you know when your family can travel from overseas to be your wedding day, then you're ready to press go. You've got everything you need and you can probably put that whole wedding together within a matter of months. So I guess the main thing is now you've got more time on your hands than ever before to actually do the research and do it properly. Usually if you're working full time or you may have kids as well, finding that time, particularly finding that time as a couple can be really, really hard. So that's a great tip. You spoke about talking to suppliers and venues. That might be a question many people have because, you know, venues have closed their doors and suppliers aren't working right now because they can't, they can't do weddings right now, but they still are open as such and available to chat to you and to provide you with quotes or provide you with dates and, you know, that sort of thing. Suppliers are there and things are really uncertain for them right now as well. And when we say suppliers, we mean absolutely everyone that is part of your wedding dream team. So that's your makeup artist, your hair artist, your photographer, your videographer, the person doing your stationery, the venue you're working with. It might be your celebrant. It is everyone, the AV guy, the DJ. They've all lost quite a bit of work right now. So they all have the spare time and they would love to hear from you. Even if you're talking about a wedding late 2021 or even 2022, and you're just trying to find out what things cost, what your options are, I do not doubt for a second, if you picked up the phone and gave them a call, they'll want to chat through everything with you. They'll come back to you on email. Some venues are actually closed, but most of them you'll still be able to get in contact with via email. They also have quite a bit of time. I mean, I've spoken to a couple of suppliers over the last few weeks, postponing some couples that I'm working with at the moment, their weddings for later in the year. I feel like I've become best friends with them because I have so much more time and they have more time. So we're now sitting on the phone together for what would have been a five-minute chat just to talk about you know, where we're putting something or how are we going to make something legit logistically work. Now we're on the phone for like 20 minutes or half an hour. So I actually feel like I've built some amazing relationships with these suppliers and that could be you too. I think if you pick up the phone, you give them a call, you send an email, we've all got the time now. So why not use it? 
And I think that is certainly the silver lining of this whole period of time. You know, if you are or you were considering planning a wedding, now is actually the perfect time. And working from home, you don't have your boss lingering over your shoulder either. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we've all been there. When you're trying to Google or on Pinterest or looking at some new florist and you're Googling the images and your boss walks past you and you have to quickly hide the screen because you're not supposed to be planning your wedding at work, you're at home now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You can do it all alone from the comfort of your couch. Job security is one thing at this point in time. A lot of people have lost their jobs or, you know, uh, have had to take a pay cut or unsure what the future holds. So for those couples who aren't feeling financially confident during this time, you know, what would your advice be to them? Firstly, decide what your wedding needs to look like for you and what are the most important parts. You do see a lot of these really big, glitzy, luxury weddings on Instagram and they are beautiful and everyone, most people love them. But it might be that a smaller wedding is for you. Also something to consider is a smaller wedding doesn't always mean a cheaper wedding and a big luxurious wedding doesn't always mean a more expensive wedding. There are little tips and tricks you can take in along the way and Luce and I will definitely help you dig all of those up to make your dream wedding come to life within your budget. When there is a will, there is always a way. And I keep going back to it, but chat to your suppliers, tell them what your budget is and tell them what your vision is and they'll find a way. There's this trend at the moment for people that are wanting to save a little bit of money in the floral region. Flowers can sometimes absolutely blow a wedding budget aside from your dress, but I think that's a whole other topic. But your flowers can really get expensive. So people are now actually starting to look at using artificial flowers as well they're almost half the price, if not less. So if you are doing a huge floral installation and you're wanting to save somewhere because you're not quite sure about the costs, have a look at all the other options out there. Have a look creatively beyond what you would normally think of. Some of the suppliers at the moment as well, because the times are a little bit tough for them, are offering discounts. So again, chat to them now, book now or put a deposit down now, or at least get your date on hold now and try and negotiate yourself a a discount deal or go for a midweek wedding. Weekday weddings are always going to be cheaper. Venues have less minimum spends, lower rates on weekdays. Photographers will often give you a discount, sometimes 10 to 15% on a weekday, just because they're not in such high demand. So I think if you're a little bit unsure right now, from a financial point of view, if you've lost your job or if you've taken a reduction in income, I would say start collecting those quotes, start planning, but don't press go until you do feel more comfortable. And also just think about what is the most important part of that wedding day for you and focus spending your money on that. And then let's see where else we can reduce the costs. And even if you chat to the suppliers, tell them what your wedding date is and get them to hold it. So you might be looking at, you know, Feb 2nd, 2021, and you're not ready to book yet. Put it on hold with your supplier and then just ask them to flick you an email or give you a call if someone else is looking to book that same date. The suppliers will happily hold that for you. And then you know when you actually have to press go or if you do have more time up your sleeve. Wow. So that doesn't require a deposit at all if you ask them to hold a date for a venue? No, not at all. I mean, you can even hold two dates if you're unsure. So if you're not sure if early Feb is going to work for you or if you'd rather go for a winter wedding in June, you can ask them to put two dates on hold. They'll pencil you in and then they'll just give you a call and let you know if someone else inquires about it. And then also if someone's going to go ahead and book. So if you're first in and you're that first pencil down, usually you'll get sort of first right of refusal, so to speak. So if you're ready to press go and put your deposit down, you'll get it over that next person. But yeah, you can put a hold on one or two dates. Probably wouldn't push for three, but you could definitely get a hold on one or two. 
That is such a good tip. I love it. Well, Ali, I think we've covered everything in terms of, you know, planning a wedding during this period of time with COVID and also covering what couples who have had to postpone their wedding, what they should consider and the next steps for them now. But regardless, as you say, no matter what day your wedding will be, it is still going to be magical. Definitely. I think even more time to plan, even more time to build up the anticipation. And then you also get that beautiful dinner with your fiance on your would have been wedding day as well. Ask Ali. This is our Ask Ali section where we answer your DMs. So Ali, I do have a question for you from Bridget in Brisbane. So Bridget wants to know if you should organize transport from the reception to the ceremony if they're not in the same location. And I'm really keen to hear your answer on this because I actually had this dilemma to deal with when I was planning my wedding. It is such a big one. And I think it leans back into as the couple, you do feel like you should be paying for everything. But a bus from the ceremony to the reception can be such a benefit to your guests. Firstly, it means that all your guests will arrive at your reception at the same time and you won't lose anyone who might be late, who might stop to do something along the way. So that's always a big win because then they're all there and they get to enjoy maximum time at the reception location. There are some variables to consider. I guess it depends on how many guests you have and maybe the travel time between the two locations and how many international guests you have there that might not have transport. Buses are probably the most used form of transport in this situation, and they're not as expensive as everyone seems to think. I think for a, a lower-end bus, if you just want to get people from A to B, that could be you know 60 or $70 for 50-odd people. Then that top-end super luxe bus people use at weddings, it can go up to maybe 150 per person. So if you're at a standard wedding with 120 guests, you're booking two buses, it's $300. It gets everyone from A to B really quickly on time. You don't lose anyone along the way. Yeah, exactly. But what if you really are on a tight budget and you're really not that keen on wasting some of that money on transport? I think my main suggestion here would be If people are all booking Ubers between the two locations, the cost is going to add up and probably go over the cost of booking a bus anyway. So maybe get one of your trusted bridesmaids to suggest to the guests they all go in and all chip in for a bus. It might cost them 5 or $10 each, which is probably going to be even cheaper than an Uber. Yeah, exactly. And if they have the heads up that that is the case, then there is time to book that in advance as well. But personally, uh, we booked a bus from our ceremony to our reception and it was honestly the best thing, particularly because we had 70 guests from interstate. So, you know, the idea of them having to book themselves an Uber or a taxi to travel 10 minutes down the road was just not an option. And you're so right. It actually was the best investment and it didn't cost anywhere near as what we thought it would. Exactly. And I think if you've got that many interstate guests and everyone's going to be getting in an Uber, remember how much time it's going to take for all those Ubers to arrive at the ceremony at once and get everyone across to the reception at once. A bus is the way to go and it sounds like it worked perfectly for you. Yeah. So Bridget, book the bus. Okay. Our (laughs) second question is from Genevieve from Canberra. Okay. So Genevieve wants to know where she can find pampas grass. She's designing her own florals for her wedding in December and discovered pampas grass on Pinterest, but can't find a florist who sells it. But first of all, what the hell is pampas grass? Am I totally out of the loop here? It is such like a wedding trend right now. Think um, any Byron Bay boho wedding you see, or even Steph Claire Smith, whose wedding was plastered all over Instagram. It is that tall, 
stick with the cream fluffy stuff at the top. Everyone uses it at the back of floral arrangements. It can be like a meter and a half, maybe even two meters tall. It, it, is, it is a grass. It's not a flower and it's dried. So it actually lasts for ages. But yeah, it's cream and it's fluffy and it's spectacular. And I love it because I wanted it for my wedding. But unfortunately, it is a weed in some states around Australia, including New South Wales, which is where I got married. So you can't use it. Florists won't stock it and florists won't use it in their floral arrangements or sell it to you. I think they might get fined for it. Some do, but I do think consider your environmental responsibility here. If you're getting married in a park or somewhere where there are trees and bushland around your ceremony space, you don't want to be taking an obnoxious weed into that space. So I would be looking for an alternative. And luckily, because I wanted pampas grass so much, I've done all the research for you. And I use something called, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, pragmatis grass. It's really similar to pampas grass. It's just not quite as fluffy and maybe a little bit darker. But I chatted to my florist and told them, I love pampas grass and I wanted them to make the pragmatis grass look as much like pampas as they could. So she found the lightest, fluffiest, pragmatic she could. And my guests on the day couldn't tell the difference. They all thought I had that beautiful, spectacular pampas grass in my wedding. Oh, that is such a hot tip. I love that. A good hack. And first of all, I had no idea that that white fluffy grass that I was calling white fluffy grass had a name, Pampas. And I had no idea that it was also a weed and it was illegal. So that's all good knowledge. And hopefully that answers your question, Genevieve. So get onto that. Well, Ali, I think that wraps up our very first episode of the Wedding Digest. Yes, I think it was a great one. It was so fun. So thanks, Luce, for joining me. And it was great to knock out the conversation. I know everyone is probably a little bit sick of talking about the virus, but it is something that is happening right now and it is affecting so many couples, whether they're planning weddings this year or next year, whether they've postponed, cancelled or just considering it. So I think we've done it, we've chatted about it, and now we can move on to some really fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully all that information Ali shared was useful for you guys. Thanks again for joining us. And next week, we touched on it a little bit before, but as we said, it does deserve a whole episode. So next week, we will be covering all things budget, why you need one, how do we work it out, how do you stick to it? And also what I wish I knew before planning my wedding, how you can avoid being stung by the wedding inflation price. Ali, I'm dying to know your tips on that. I cannot wait. Perfect. Catch you then, guys. Thanks for listening to the Wedding Digest podcast brought to you by Wedbooker. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and let us know what you think by leaving a review. You can also find us on the gram at Wedbooker to start planning your dream wedding or for one-on-one wedding advice from Ali, head to wedbooker.com where you'll also find show notes, and more info on any of our amazing guests and suppliers.